Hi, welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Welcome back, everyone. We've been getting so much positive feedback concerning the podcast, and we want to thank everyone for listening. We hope these messages have been encouraging you as well as helping you further your Christian journey. Today, I'm blessed to be joined with three guests. Praise the Lord. Everyone knows Christian, our UMMC PhD student in microbiology. But today, in addition, I also have Jonathan Marks and Matt Howard. Jonathan is a third-year medical student, possibly leaning ER, if I'm correct. And Matt is a fourth year, about to match, so he's already submitted his match list. Both of them have been part of our Bible study from their M1 year. So I'm glad they had some time to join us today as we dig into this portion in Genesis 6. Before we begin today's reading, I'm going to ask Jonathan to give us a quick overview to set the stage for our reading today concerning Noah. Don't worry, Jonathan, this isn't a test. So we kind of started off um, talking about Adam and Eve, the original fall. They were kicked out of the garden, sin entered into the world, um, and then you have Cain and Abel. Cain kills his brother Abel and then willfully walks away from God after the punishment. And then so we see kind of this dividing line between, you know, Cain's descendants that was talked about on a previous episode and how they were self-serving. They were trying to be self-sufficient, make their own society, their weapons of war, you know, all of that. And then you have the descendants of Seth, who um, basically were trying to get back to some form of fellowship with God. So Noah comes down the line from Seth, and he basically is trying to follow in the ways of his forefathers who chose to to walk with God, to follow after God. And we see the continuation of God's grace given through that line. Perfect summary, Jonathan. You get an A+. Now let's get into these verses for today. We are looking in the book of Genesis. So we are going through Genesis 6, verse 3 and 5, and then 8 and 9. Genesis 6, 3 says, Then the Lord said, My spirit will not remain with man forever, because he is also flesh. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of mankind was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of their hearts were only evil continually. So the Lord was sorry that he had made mankind on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. Verse 8, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. Now Christian, Jonathan gave us a great review concerning the previous chapters in Genesis, specifically these two lines that issue forth, one from the tree of life, and one from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What is the situation with man right now, specifically 
the ones on the line issuing from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. Just as you mentioned, we start seeing these two lines in Genesis, the line of life and the line of death. Well, man continued to fall after his initial fall. And he progressed not just from being apart from God, he even finally fell to basically complete lawlessness. Uh, man was doing whatever he wanted. So at this point, they lived like there was no God. Uh, and this was the greatest fall. Wow, Christian, that, that's so hard to imagine. Every thought proceeding from man was evil continually. You know, the Bible states in verse 3 that man was flesh. They had practically become no better than any animal. I heard somewhere that, you know, when man fell first in the Garden of Eden, there was shame, there was regret. Adam and Eve hid. They feared what God would do because of their mistake. As the fall continued to progress to Cain, there was still some willingness to try and worship God. But he wanted to worship God in his own way, and he offended God, and that caused him to willingly depart from God's presence. However, now the fall has led man to live like there is no God. There's no shame, no repentance, no fear of evil. In fact, every thought was continually evil. What a situation. It's, it seems so fallen and bleak. And, and more importantly, it grieved God's heart. I would even say that if you look at the worldly situation today, we aren't that far off from the days of Noah. Many live like there is no God, or rather, no fear of God. But hallelujah, there was someone that did not take that way. Even if, there, if there's just one guy and his family. Let me just read these verses again. Verse 8 and 9 in Genesis chapter 6. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Or some translations say, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah walked with God. So Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord, and Noah walked with God. Who else walked with God? Well, last week we talked about Enoch. How did Noah know to walk with God? Probably Noah learned from his parents, and that's what we've seen in this line of life whether it be the proper way to offer to God uh, with Abel or with Enoch calling on God or with Enoch walking with God and now Noah walking with God. There are these, there's a godly lineage. And so today, that's why it's so important that we are in this godly family also. I couldn't have said it better myself. You're right, Christian. How did Noah know how to walk with God? When all his contemporaries were going south and farther and farther away from God, how did Noah know that while the world is going down, I have to keep walking with God? I would even say it's because of his parents or grandparents. But they taught him to walk with God. His family probably told him, look at Grandpa Enosh. Enoch, this is our heritage. We are a family that walks with God. Don't worry about what's going on around you. You just need to focus on walking with God. And, and I would say that this is a lesson to us. 
We need one another. We need spiritual parents, spiritual brothers and sisters to remind us that we are God's family. And in this family, we walk with God. We call on God. We depend on God. Without that, it's too easy to get swept away by the world. Matt, you look like you have something you want to add. And I love the the illust- or the way that that's described as no walking with God. Um, that implies a continual being with God. It's not it's not just a one time event. Every every now and then in Noah's life, that's that's a continual process. Yes, Matt, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. Walking with God to Noah wasn't just a once a week thing. It was his living. It was as normal as him going to the grocery store or whatever they had in those times. He was walking with God continually. And in our Christian life, we can testify the same thing. If our only touch with God is on Sunday morning, we have no way to live the Christian life. It's it's just not sustainable. We have to be like Noah, walking with God on a daily, moment-by-moment, continual basis. And that's a... Actually, a perfect segue to our next topic, which is this matter of Noah finding favor or grace in the eyes of the Lord. Let me read the verse again, and then actually let me tie in Hebrews 4.16. Genesis 6.8 says, But Noah found favor or grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then Hebrews 4.16 says, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace for help at the time of our need. You notice it didn't say, and God was gracious to Noah. It actually says, Noah found grace. It's a subtle play on words, but I think it's pretty monumental. Do you guys have any input on that or on Hebrews 4.16 concerning us receiving mercy and finding grace? Um. Yeah, so it sounds like it is kind of two parts of the equation. So God wants to give grace and favor, but he also expects us to find that grace and favor. And so through Noah walking with God and trying to be obedient to God, that obedience was honored and basically counted to him as righteousness because he was seeking after God, that was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a blameless man in his generation. Mm -hmm. And then God is able to show his favor to him and meet him, you know, in his obedience. Christian, you look like you have something you want to add as well. I do want to mention in this verse, Hebrews 4.16, there's a receive mercy and find grace for timely help. I just wanted to point out the difference between receiving mercy and finding grace. When we're in a pitiful condition, when we were before we were saved, the only way God could reach us was by extending out mercy. That's what mercy is. You you extend mercy to someone who doesn't deserve it in a condition that's not deserving. So in that sense, we could only receive mercy. But once we were brought back to a proper condition after the Lord extended this mercy to us, then we were in a position that we could find grace. So that implies that actually we have to go out and find that grace. There's an activity, an intention, a cooperation on our part. 
Wow, guys, I've, I've never heard it mentioned like that before. I actually want to summarize this point to make it clear. Before we were saved, we were in a pitiful condition. We were fully of sin, even we were just sinful flesh. But in that condition, God extended his mercy to us, and we received mercy. We weren't even at a level where we could receive God's grace, but we received his mercy. And now that we are in a proper position with God, we can find grace. I like what you said, Jonathan. Our God is so gracious. He always wants to give us grace, but it's up to us to turn to him, to call on him, to walk with him. And in that way, we can find grace. That reminds me of a verse in 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Paul says, Concerning this, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. Like you were saying, here is Paul, the apostle, in a very difficult situation, pleading with the Lord about a thorn in his flesh. And God's response to him was, my grace is sufficient for you. Whoa, Christian, what a great verse to tie it all in. That is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. You know, I've heard it explained like this. I think this was from Watchman Nee. You're in a boat and there are rocks all in the water and you're crying out to God, Lord, take out the rocks or we'll crash. But instead of taking out the rocks, the Lord says, I'll raise the water level so you can overcome those rocks. And that's so powerful. Sometimes the Lord will remove hindrances from our paths, but many times he won't. He wants us to learn to depend on him and to turn to him in those times. And he'll actually supply the grace for us to overcome the situation. His grace supplied Noah during that time to stand against the tide of that age. Noah didn't just survive in that time. He overcame that time. He was victorious over the world. And the same for us. God's grace can sustain you. You know, you're a busy medical student, a physician, a nursing student, a PT student, and you're so overwhelmed. Sometimes to the point that you're just crying to the Lord, Lord, take this away. Lord, take step one away. But instead of taking it away, God comes in as grace to supply you, to sustain you, to teach you to walk with him, to get you other ones that walk with him. Wow, what a blessing. I'd say one of, one of my more profound experiences along these lines, um, a patient's mother, um, the, the patient was in, in really, uh, really poor condition, um, but I, I got to see her uh, joyful in the in the midst of a, a challenging situation as she um, every morning I would I would go in there and see her uh, cheerful and greeting everyone in a, in a polite way and just just happy in the midst of of uh, kind of chaos and uh, one thing that she did every morning she would she would stir up her soul she would experience God's grace through just worship music upbeat theologically rich music that I'd hear upon coming through the door and um I realized that she was experiencing God's grace and that God was uh, just leading her through the, the troubling circumstances. Amen. Right there. Real life application. Well, again, I appreciate all of you guys joining me today. 
it really watered me. Last week, last week was tough. And I don't really know why, because I didn't work during the snowstorm. But just being with you guys, getting into the Word, fellowshipping, it really helped reorient me and my walk with God. Thank you so much for your time and your fellowship. I hope I can get you guys back on soon again. Of course, we're praying for you guys. And again, we are also praying for all our students. You know, I realize time right now is very precious. You know, you're busy, you're studying, it can be overwhelming, but I just want to encourage you all, like we read today in this portion, God wants us to call on Him. God wants us to turn to Him. God wants us to cry out to Him. And in doing that, we will find grace. And really, grace is just God Himself. Right, supplying everything we need to us. And this grace causes us not to just survive, but to overcome whatever is in our way. So praise God. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. For more than conquerors we are. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face And the things of earth will grow strangely dim In the light of his glory and grace His word shall not fail